Hello and welcome all of my artists, writers, performers, filmmakers, and creative entrepreneurs of all kinds. This is Raven's Fine Art. My name is Raven, and we are on part six of our seven-part series discussing Leonardo da Vinci's Seven Principles to Genius. And this comes from the book uh, written by Michael J. Gell called How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, Seven Steps to Genius Every Day. So today's principle, principle number six, is corporalita, corporalita, <laughs> okay. That is the cultivation of grace, ambidexterity, fitness, and poise. So where do you stand on your health and fitness as an artist? This is a very important topic, so let's get into it. Stay tuned. All right, so this topic is really fascinating to me. I've always been interested in health and in fitness. So I'm really excited that this was part of Leonardo da Vinci's um, wisdom. So it's funny that in our society, there is sort of this, like you can't have too many blessings in a way. Like there's always this thing of, like a beautiful woman has to be dumb. And there's so many, like, it's, it's really a dead stereotype, but it's, you still see it where you can't be beautiful and intelligent. Otherwise that's just too much. So it, almost like in order to counteract the uh, blessing of beauty, you've got to be stupid. And similarly, uh, there's this stereotype that if you are intelligent, then you are some sort of 98 pound weakling um, you are a skinny necked nerd and you can't defend yourself. So it's almost like to have a really fit, strong and intelligent person would be too much. But where we are now, what we're talking about, we don't believe in any of those stereotypes. That's a sad and pitiful way of thinking. No, you can have as many blessings as you can manage, okay? So you can be intelligent, you can be creative, and you can be fit and healthy. Not only that, but really as an artist, if you aren't fit and, and you aren't healthy, uh, your career is going to be uh, short-lived. And the beauty of being an artist <clears throat> I mean, unless you are maybe a performing artist, so maybe there is some sort of, of a um, limit. Um, if you're a dancer, you may not be able to do that forever. Um, but of course you can morph into teaching and things like that. Um, other ways to express your creativity, um, or you can modify your dance. But for the most part, creative careers can continue forever, as long as you are healthy. So Leonardo da Vinci definitely did not fit the stereotype of the 98 pound weakling. Um, he was very accomplished in his physicality as well. Um, he had, he was a high level equestrian for one thing. He rode horses. Um, he also did other forms of exercise such as walking, swimming, and fencing. He was a vegetarian. Um, he was purposefully ambidextrous, so um, most people know about his mirror writing, uh, but he believed in developing, like I talked about last week, both sides of your brain, and that included both use of your hands. So he was purposefully ambidextrous. Um, he also was one of the first people to, um, to theorize and to understand the link between 
arteriosclerosis, accelerated aging, and a lack of physical exercise. So he really believed the same thing I'm saying, to have a long life, and especially a long uh, career as an artist, you have to take care of your health. So he took that very seriously. Um, he also had a very modern um, attitude towards fitness and health. So he taught a healthy suspicion of doctors. He didn't believe that you should just um, accept whatever diagnosis your doctor tells you and just take whatever medications they give you. And in fact, uh, the quote that I found that was really interesting where he talked about that, not just following along with what doctors say, um, he said, um, his philosophy on medicine was holistic. So I'm reading from page 194 of the book. He viewed sickness as, quote, the discord of the elements infused into the living body, unquote, and viewed healing as, quote, the restoration of discordant elements. So right there, you can see how he he trusts that link between the mind and body. He took that very seriously. And so he was one of the forerunners of what we now commonly think of as the mind-body connection. So he was way, way, way ahead of his time. Um, so he had specific principles that uh, for health that he promoted. So I'm just gonna read this quote from the book. This is again on page 194. So here's the quote from the master himself. To keep in health, these rules are wise. Beware of anger and avoid grievous moods. Rest your head and keep your mind cheerful. Be covered well at night. Exercise moderately. Shun wantonness and pay attention to diet. Eat only when you want and sup light. Keep upright when you rise from the dining table. Do not be with the belly upwards or the head lowered. Let your wine be mixed with water, take a little at a time, not between meals and not on an empty stomach. Eat simple, i.e. vegetarian food, chew well, and go to the toilet regularly. <laughs> he left no stone unturned. All right, so what can we glean from Leonardo's tips here? Well, for one thing, as I said before, he believed in the mind-body connection. So when he says, beware of anger and avoid grievous moods, uh, rest your head and keep your mind cheerful. So there is a wellspring of evidence of the connection between our, our attitudes, our mental state, and our physical health, and, and also our success. Because as artists, we are concerned with not only making stuff, but being successful in our careers. So in order to do that, you have to be aware of your mental state. So if you're in the habit of listening to a lot of gossip or listening to a lot of tragic news stories, or following true crime, and I definitely have a weakness for true crime. I love those stories. But I notice because I, I've developed a very uh, strong sensitivity to my, um, my, my psychological condition and my moods and uh, my attitudes, uh, 
that there's definitely a darkness uh, that I sense. And it's, it's not something oppressive and it's something that I would have ignored or not noticed in the past. But definitely as you attune yourself to, to yourself and you become more sensitive to your own psychosocial state, you will become aware that when you come away from gossiping people or when you come away from watching a horror movie or true crime or reading a bunch of news um, where everything is bad, where everyone's coming to get you, you know, everything's going to the toilet, a steady diet of that stuff, a steady mental diet of that stuff is going to have an, an effect on your productivity and on your success and on your physical and emotional health. So I think a lot of times there's a stereotype among artists that the best work comes out of the darkness. And I don't think that's true. I, what I think is happening there is that I think when you're, when you've submerged yourself in darkness, there's kind of a, a letting go and a giving in to all of that darkness. And the letting go, I believe, is where the creativity comes from. You, you don't have to wallow in darkness because there's a ton. It's sort of like drinking. Some artists feel like they have to drink or take drugs in order to be creative. But it's the letting go that is releasing the creativity. You don't need outside um, sources like wine, liquor, or horror movies, or bad news, or gossip, or you know, wallowing in depression. None of, those, none of that stuff is necessary to invoke creativity. The muse is there waiting for you patiently to pay attention to her. So all you need to do is let go. Um, you don't need to submerge yourself in negativity. Um, so the next thing he talked about was basically moderation. He mentions that in a few different ways. He mentions exer exercising moderately um, and also drinking a little bit of wine mixed with water, only with food and not on an empty stomach. So that speaks to whatever you do, not being excessive with it. A lot of times people think that if a little is good, then a lot is better. And nothing can be further from the truth. If a little is good, then moderate is good, <laughs> okay? A lot is not, is not better, and, and oftentimes it reverses any of the good that was done. So exercising to extremes, you know, going on bizarre diets to extremes. Now, I've tried every diet that there is to try, and I can go into, at the end, I'll talk about my own fitness protocol, and I'll talk about all the different diets that I've tried and what the pros and cons of each of them were so that you can, if you haven't already, uh, take that and use that as information to adopt your own protocol. Um, so moderation is key. So you don't want to go to extremes in anything. Another thing that he talked about was keeping it simple. So paying attention to your diet, chewing well, um, and eating a simple diet. So Leonardo da Vinci was a vegetarian. Now, I don't actually know, the book didn't go into the reasons why he chose that, but he chose everything that he did with wisdom. So probably it was because of the ease of digestion. I mean, when you're eating a lot of meat, that's hard on your digestive system. And the reason why people often lose weight when they eat a lot of meat and not always, but sometimes they lose a lot of weight when they eat a lot of meat is because it takes so long for your body to digest the food that you're not hungry. Um, that wears off over time, so that's why those diets don't work permanently. But again, I'll, I'll talk about that later. Um, but he believed in moderation. He believed in keeping it simple. Um, so a vegetarian diet was a part of that.
All right, so now let us talk about um, the self-assessment. So we can talk about you and you can determine where you stand on your artistic health and fitness journey. So this is the self-assessment for Corporalita. I, <clears throat> number one, I am aerobically fit. I am aerobically fit. I am getting stronger. Okay, where would you rate yourself on I am getting stronger? Next is my flexibility is improving. So how is your flexibility? I know when my body is tense or relaxed. So how attuned are you to your, um, your body's uh, state, whether you're being tense or relaxed? So when you're sitting at work, are you aware that your shoulders are up, your neck is tense, your jaw is clenched? Are you aware of those things or do you not notice it until the end of the day when you're exhausted? Next is I am knowledgeable about diet and nutrition. So where do you stand in terms of your knowledge of diet and nutrition? So uh, do, you, do you just follow the fads or, or do you really know the science behind uh, nutrition and diet? Next is friends would describe me as graceful. <laughs> so are you coordinated? If you're a dancer, you probably are, but for the rest of us, are you graceful? Next is I'm becoming more ambidextrous. So how are you um, at using your non-dominant hand? Have you ever done any non-dominant hand work? And by the way, that's a really great uh, right brain exercise. Last week we talked about left and right brain. So using your non-dominant hand is a really good way to get into your right brain and to access and tap into your creativity. Next is I'm aware of the ways in which my physical state affects my attitudes. Okay. So how attuned to you are, uh, how attuned are you to the mind body connection? Do you realize that, uh, the way you feel mentally is affecting the way you feel physically, or are you completely oblivious to that? <clears throat> Do you have examples that you can point to where you're like, yeah, I can tell that the way I felt mentally definitely affected my health. Um, next is, are you aware of the ways in which your attitudes affect your physical state? So that's similar to the first one. So the first one was like, how does your physical state affect your attitudes? And then the next one is the reverse. How, uh, how aware are you that your attitudes affect your physical health? So your physical health affects your attitudes, your attitudes affect your physical health. How attuned are you to that, um, matching that pair up? Uh, next is I have a good understanding of practical anatomy. So are you aware of the parts of the body and how they interact as a whole? Do you know your anatomy? And if you're a visual artist, you got to know your anatomy. Okay. Uh, next is similar to the, uh, one of the previous ones. Uh, I am well coordinated. So how coordinated are you? How graceful are you? And next is I love to move. So where do you stand on your love for physical activity? Now this isn't just formal exercise. Like, do you love to move? Do you love to dance? Do you love to walk? Do you love to be active? So how good are you at loving to move your body? All right. So that is our self-assessment. So where do you stand in your knowledge and your practice of health and fitness? Okay. So where I stand is I used to be a personal trainer um, and I also taught aerobics when I was in college. I taught step aerobics and that was fun. 
<laughs> I miss those days sometimes. I spent so much time in the gym and it paid off, you know, it paid off now because even though I don't work out as much as I did then, your body does remember. So I can get away with a lot less than I, than I used to do because I did build that foundation when I uh, was in my twenties. So now I, I can't coast. I mean, obviously if I did nothing, I would look like I did nothing. Um, but if you invest in your health, it really does pay dividends later on. Uh, you're in a much better position. And if you are starting late in life, like let's say you neglected your health you know, all throughout your twenties and you know, up till today, um, or wherever you, however old you are, you've completely neglected your health and now you're interested in getting serious. So your body, you know, will respond positively to, to health and fitness whenever you choose to start it, just start slow adopt like a couple of habits at a time. Do not overwhelm yourself. Remember Leonardo da Vinci, keep it simple and, um, be balanced. So no extremes. Okay. So my practice today, uh, building on that foundation of strength that I built, you know, in the past, I do yoga. I practice yoga generally Monday through Thursday. And then I take Fridays off. I have a really awesome yoga tape that I use. And the beauty of yoga for artists, especially visual artists, but really any kind of artist that I can think of, um, yoga is really great because it does develop your strength. It does develop your flexibility and it also incorporates that mind body connection. So you're the whole time you're linking your breath to your movements. So you're constantly aware of your bodies. Uh, first of all, you're aware of your bodies. um, biases like your left and your right side. So whatever your dominant hand is, is probably also your stronger side. Um, so you bring those in balance when you practice yoga, you develop your strength, you develop your suppleness, you develop your uh, mental flexibility, you uh, develop your ability to stay calm under pressure because when you're holding those poses and it hurts and it's, it doesn't hurt like in a bad way, but it hurts like your muscles are burning and you're totally uncomfortable, but you're keeping your breath calm and deep. So that has direct carry over to your everyday life. So the ability to stay calm under pressure is extremely valuable. So whether you're frustrated with your art or whether if you have a day job, if you're frustrated on your day job, the ability to bring yourself back to your breath, not just during meditation, but throughout the day is something that you can develop through practicing yoga. Um, as far as diet, I am probably about 90% vegetarian. Um, I don't eat meat, um, normally I do eat fish sometimes, especially salmon. Um, again, I am a balanced person. Um, so that's not vegetarian because I'm including fish, but, um, I am mostly vegetarian because most of my dishes do not contain meat of any kind. Um, I do use eggs and things. Um, I don't drink milk. Um, I drink almond milk or coconut milk and I practice, um, intermittent fasting. So I eat between the hours of 12 PM and 8 PM and that's it outside of those hours. I am fasting. So that's a 16, eight split, which is the mildest of the intermittent fasting protocols. Um, and so that's what works for me. Um, I have tried several different diets. Um, I have tried keto. Um, the, I liked keto. Um, because it's easy. You can eat all kinds of junk food like bacon and eggs and, you know, uh, fat and, you know, stuff like that. 
uh, but you can't eat any carbs, like barely any, except for like a little bit of vegetables. And it's good because it keeps it very simple. Like, you know what you can, can, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can't eat. So it keeps it very simple. But for me, it just didn't work. It um, made my heart race. And looking into it, it's because it really changes your electrolytes. You lose a lot of water with this diet. So that's initially where all your weight loss is, is uh, you lose a lot of water because you're not eating carbohydrates. So carbohydrates is carbon plus hydrogen, so water. So when you cut out carbs from your diet, um, your body doesn't need so much water, so it flushes it out. So that's what gives you that initial boost in weight loss. Um, but you need water in your system because that it balances your electrolytes. So you can counter that with a bunch of supplements. So usually people that are on keto develop um, or, or practice a lot of supplementation. Um, so you can take various things, magnesium and, and other things to help balance your, you know, you have to increase your sodium intake, things like that. I didn't want to do that. I, I prefer a, a natural approach and it felt very unnatural to me. Uh, yes, your body can survive on ketones, which is what you, your, your body does when you go keto. That's why they call it that. Your body takes energy from ketones instead of carbohydrates. And um, it, it produces a very euphoric feeling, like it's almost like a meditative feeling. So I did like that. But I didn't feel like it was natural because you can get out of ketosis. Um, and that's what they call it. Once your body has adapted to ketones, you're, you're in ketosis. So your body can get into ketosis and it feels good in a sense. It feels very meditative, but you, you come out of ketosis very easily. The minute you have anything that has too many carbs in it, you're, you're out of ketosis. And that told me that my body doesn't really want to be in ketosis. Ketosis is really supposed to be a temporary state for like when you're going through, your society is going through a famine and there's not enough food. Uh, because that's another way to get into ketosis is just fasting. So if you fast for like anywhere from 24 to 36 hours or whatever, you can get into ketosis. Um, so anyway, I didn't like it because I didn't want to have to take a bunch of supplementations to keep my heart from racing. Like it, it literally felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Um, so I've tried low carb. Uh, low carb had a lot of the benefits of ketosis without being extreme. Um, a lot of people can do that long term. It's not as restrictive. Um, but again, I, I really don't um, feel like it, it didn't feel completely natural to me. And I actually don't like meat that much anyway. So cutting meat out is actually easy. Like meat, even when I was a meat eater, like sometimes I would just feel disgusted while I was eating it or, or I'd feel sorry for the animal. So I'm just really, I, meat is just not really my thing. Even as a meat eater, it really was, it didn't really float my boat. The Mediterranean diet was good. I mean, there's all kinds of variations of basically you're just balancing um, your carbs and your meat products. So most of the diets out there are just tweaking those percentages. So you can try whatever feels good to you. I didn't want to go vegan because um, I think that I, I like having access to the easy, easier to digest or easier to process proteins in eggs. And I like being able to use them in things. Um, plus I, I just don't like overly restrictive diets of any kinds, but, um, you know, I think you should choose whatever works best for you. I definitely think that the vegan diet is extremely compassionate. I, I did go vegan separate times. I think the longest I went vegan was, uh, six months to a year. 
yeah, it was, it was a little over between six months and a year. And, and that felt good. It just, it did become challenging sometimes at some point for the variety. And if you cook more, I think you can get more variety. Um, but I did find it more challenging to have variety in my diet. So for me, a 90% uh, vegetarian diet is, is uh, a-okay. It makes me feel good and I've been able to maintain my weight without much effort. So that's what works for me. So you as a health conscious artist following after the master Leonardo da Vinci, you have all the tools that you need to develop a health protocol that works for you and your artistic practice. All right, so that is it for today. That was Corporalita. Uh, our next week, we will be on our last of our seven principles of genius every day. Um, I hope that you are following along and that you are incorporating the master's wisdom into your everyday life. So until next time, have a beautiful and productive day. Bye-bye. <laughs>